What's up, everybody? How are you doing? How's it going? How are you? What's happening? Welcome back to our weekly Love Attraction chat. I'm Deepak. Really excited. You know, I spent my week cramming Love Attraction audio as much as possible just for this talk, just for you. I do that anyways. It's my passion. So, um, Let's have a law of attraction chat. You know, I love it. My favorite topic, and I'm sure it's, it is for you as well. So story number one. Okay. So I was part of a law of attraction uh, happening, manifestation. I played a part, and it did not happen to me. So I got to see the whole step-by-step process. I'm going to share it with you. I found it really interesting. So let's continue the story. I told you I have a niece, right? New niece. I guess all nieces are new, kind of. I mean, two years old, just turned two. Uh, I visited her uh, in uh, Michigan earlier this year, okay? She was one something, and I, I probably told you about it in my podcast. I realized, oh, babies are cool. They know how to talk, and they're friendly, and they're sweet, and... You know, they just came from the spiritual world and, you know, it's, they got the glow. They're new. They haven't thought too much in this physical reality. And the baby was really friendly and I had a real connection. I never had, you know, it's rare. I don't hang out with that many babies, but now people are having babies and I was like, oh, oh yeah, babies are cool. Like, they get it. So that was that. And then I was introduced to a show called Bluey, right? I told you. She, they happened to be watching it, and I said, holy cow, this show is great. Like, I love it. <laughs> so I got really hooked on it, and I watched a bunch of episodes, right? I told you, told you. Okay. Now we have, uh, she's moved to the West Coast, and now we have video chats with my family over there, my brother's family. Baby's there. And, um, you know, we have video chats. It's really fun. I speak her language. Babies love show and tell. Like, I'll just hold up like a blanket, and the baby will say, blanket. <laughs> I'm the most entertaining person ever for babies. So I'm like, this is great. And, uh, you know, last time we talked, and I walked around and showed her the plants in our uh, deck. We got, my dad is a gardener and a gardening person, and he likes to, you know, he's, he's got the green thumb. So he, we have eggplant and all these things. So when she was, we were talking, on the camera, you know, we are on a laptop. I just, oh, look at this. So she loved eggplant. And anyways, towards the end of the call, she went to the other room and brought back a big teddy bear, stuffed animal, put it on the table. I noticed it. And uh, I said, what is that? It, it didn't, uh, and I'm like, what is that? And my brother said, well, uh, she pretends that this is bluey. She calls it bluey. Okay. So I was in the vortex, baby's in the vortex, happy baby, right? Happiness means vortex. So she brings it, she puts it there, and I, I see it because I'm in the vortex and I'm paying attention to the baby. I'm looking at her eyes, I'm observing like how does spirit act when they're a baby? That's what I'm thinking. Like, this is a spiritual being who just was born in the physical realm. Probably not the first time, right? Infinite time, but in this time, it's like a, playing a baby. It's got to grow up. It's got to learn the rules of the game, but it still remembers how to do stuff because it's fresh in their memory. Their spiritual counterpart, right? It's more fresh. So I'm like, okay, she's probably like a great law of attraction person because she's happy. Happiness means high vibration. She's got the glow in her eyes, high vibration. She's always smiling, high vibration. So I was like, okay, let me observe like one of the best creators. And then, so she puts the thing on the table, the teddy bear. My brother says it's called Bluey. And I had a, I'm like, oh, that's what she needs. So I'm the uncle, of course, right? So that's the part I'm playing as a human. And then I, after the call, I had this idea. I was inspired. I was like, oh, she needs a Bluey doll, uh, uh, stuffed animal. So last time I talked to you, I had ordered it. You know, I was doing the thing where you spend money to help other people, but like kindness, random acts of kindness. So I had been thinking, like, who can I be kind to this week? I got a bunch of uh, gift cards for my birthday last month. It's still on Amazon. 
now I decided maybe I'll spend it like for happiness. So I bought the doll. I That was my mind. So then I thought, okay, I'm going to buy this Bluey doll for my niece. So I go online on Amazon. There's lots of Bluey uh, material. Small, big, you know, like infinite, con- uh, infinite toys. Bluey and Bingo and they're both girls. A blue he- so Bluey is a blue healer dog. I didn't know that existed, but it's like a friendly, I think it's a hunting dog. It's actually a breed of dog. And the show is made in Australia. So it's got an Australian accent. So it's got that, like, it's cool. And it's super sweet. It's made for kids, toddlers. It's on Disney+. Plus. So, um, you know, the vibe is really uh, great. So it's really popular now because even adults like it. Like, I love it. So it must be uh, popping. It's only second season. So it's got all the all the dogs, uh, Blue, you know, Bluey. The lead character is a girl, sister Bingo, tiny girl, uh, another girl, and it's like role reversal. Like it's teaching, you know, the dad stays at home most of the time, and the mom goes to work. Right, the, the heroes of the story are two girls. I didn't, I can't, I couldn't tell, because Bluey, I like, he just sounds like a kid. Then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, that's the girl. Okay, and then you hear it, how the parents talk. But initially, I did not expect that. So I was like, oh, it's, a, it's a really cool. The hero are girls. And then dad stays at home, but they're all friendly, and I think he works somewhere. I'm not sure where, but but they, he takes care of the kids. Mom goes to work, comes back, and then they have kids. They meet at preschool or school, and that's a story. And then the story is that the kids are always playing games, using their mind. They're using imagination. They're always pretending. So every episode is eight minutes long. I know last time I said it was four. It's actually eight. It seems like four minutes. It's really quick. And, you know, adult animation is usually 30 minutes. And then I remember SpongeBob, those kind of cartoons on Nickelodeon used to be 15 minutes, like two episodes in one hour. So it's the attention span for kids. I guess it's eight minutes to to fully understand a story, uh, which is great. Quick and efficient. Bluey Doll, I look it up on Amazon, uh, Infinite Kinds. And then I thought, well, it's got to be exactly like that uh, the teddy bear she has, the same size. I found one, perfect. It looks just like the big size of that teddy bear, but it's a Bluey doll. Order on Amazon, so great. And I think it was out of stock, or it was going to be in stock, so it took longer than two days or one day to get there. You know, West Coast, you can get things ASAP, same day, even here within a few hours, right? If you order in the morning, I'll get it like later in the evening. So I think it was out of stock, popular. So now that's extra time that I have to like fantasize doing a good thing. I was like, oh, they're going to love it. You know, when you find the perfect gift for someone, you get really excited. You're like, holy cow, this is like going to blow their mind. And I know it'll blow the baby's mind because it's a baby. Their mind hasn't been blown yet (laughs) in the physical realm. It's really easy to entertain and surprise and delight babies. Like, they're an easy crowd, easy customer. The the baby does not know, I was thinking about this, the baby does not know about Amazon, phones, apps, uh, one-day shipping, two-day prime. She probably did not know that a Bluey doll existed even. How would you know? Uh, you know, when we were kids, we'd go to Toys R Us and we see toys and we see it. But now in the pandemic era, I don't think, you know, she's not going to stores. So she's usually home. So in a year two, right? And so I, I bought it and I was really anticipating it and I did not tell them it was coming. I remember a story that Esther tells that Jerry Hicks, you know, he would always buy gifts, but like whenever he felt like it. They never celebrated birthdays or anniversaries, but if he felt like it, he'll buy something. And how that was kind of unique to him. And I remember hearing that story, and that's part of me now, you know. So I thought, well, I don't have to wait till it's somebody's birthday. Like this is the thing that she needs right now, and I want to send it. And it felt inspired. It felt great. And I had to, like, I had to do it. It felt right. Flow state. So I got it. You no, know, bought it. Two days, three days, and then it uh, lands in West Coast. I know it's there. But they're, you know, their building complex has it in their center. But I didn't tell them it was there, so they're gonna find out completely by surprise. Like they don't even know. If I said something's coming, they would kind of guess. 
But most likely in my mind, I was picturing that, you know, they'll get an alert, maybe email. Oh, you got a package to pick up. They'll look at each other. Who's who? Did you buy something? I don't remember. Right. That kind of talk. Go down and then see the baby's name in the box. So that's what happened. And my brother, with and he recorded the box opening that the baby does. Right. So that was really cool that we have technology that I could see instant re- real life reaction and the facial reactions of the baby when she manifests something, which she probably didn't even know she manifested. Right. As Abraham says, it, Bluey was in her vortex, infinite blueies. So I'll, I'll, uh, it's a short clip and I'll tell you how it goes. Uh, you know, the video is like 10 seconds long, 15 seconds long. It looks like the box on one side had been opened by like like a little hole. I assume that's my brother wanted to see what it was. As an adult, as a parent, you got to see like what is it? Like it's not a birthday like surprise box. Like who what is it? And then maybe they want to let the baby open it herself. So I assume that little triangle <laughs> looks like scissors on the side poked a hole and they saw it. So I could also tell that my brother and his wife were super excited because they turn on the camera, baby walks up to the box. It's got that orange tape on, you know, the prime tape, which was opened by the parents, so it was easier for the baby to open it. I could hear by the, you know, my uh, brother's voice and his wife's voice that, like, they're excited. They're like, oh, baby, what is it, you know? Go, go check it out. And so baby comes over, opens the box. Pulls it out by the tail. It's big, like, I didn't realize it was that big, which is great. It might be the same size as the baby. <laughs> uh, but the baby's tiny. But uh, so, uh, you know, she pulls it up. Uh, like, for me, it's like a tiny teddy bear. But for a baby, it's almost equal size. Um, I'm going to explain some more how, how big a baby is, because you probably don't know, right? I got to explain all the dimensions. Uh, just kidding. Uh, so she pulls it by the tail. And looks at it upside down, and then the mom goes, "What is that? What is that?" And she's, you know, you can tell the baby's looking at it. She doesn't recognize it. It's a baby, and it's upside down. The thing, the toy is upside down. So she goes, "Mickey Mouse," and mom's like, "No," because I mean they watch Disney Plus, so maybe she thought it was a Mickey Mouse thing. You know, it looks like a big uh, thing. She's never seen a three-dimensional Bluey. It's always been on TV. You know that story of like how Native Americans, I don't know if it's true or not, but back in the day, Native Americans, they had never seen a ship before. So when the colony people came on a ship, they couldn't see it because their mind had never seen it. Not sure if that's true or not, but I've heard it like a lot of times in like self-help books. It means like you can't see what you don't, Right, it, you know, take a while. Like they didn't recognize it, so it was easier for people to kind of come to the land and you know do what they had to do. So, or what they did. I assume the same thing happened. The baby literally never seen a three dimensional bluey before, or that it exists. Opens it, pulls it out. Mickey Mouse, no. Then she puts it up right, you know, on the table, and then goes around and looks at it. And then mom goes, "Well, look at the bottom. Look at the front. Look at the cover." And at the bottom, you know, the uh, the packaging. The whole family is there in two dimensional, like a picture of Bluey, Bingo, the dad, mom, whatever, right? So she looks at it and she recognizes Bingo, the tiniest one. And then she looks at the teddy bear and goes, Bluey? And, you know, parents are like, yeah. And they're all excited. And her face became like astonishment. Like, you could see the reaction of a manifestation happening. Like, to the baby, it just appeared out of nowhere. Love Correction brought her something that she loved. She doesn't know that there's an uncle, and he thought about, you know, he put it on, uh, there's an Amazon app, and I clicked this, and it looked. That was Love Correction. I am a cooperative component, as Abraham calls it. Right? She doesn't need to know how. So the baby has no money, doesn't have a credit card, doesn't have a phone, can't use any computers, doesn't know how to order things. Literally has no idea how to get it, except she got it with her mind. How? 
That was my question. So she got the thing, and then she looks at it. She's extremely excited. And then she gives the Bluey doll, the teddy bear, a kiss, and then has this, like, aw shucks face. Like, blew her mind. <laughs> Remotely. She doesn't even know it's from me. Like, we didn't talk that day. I just texted my brother. So, like, I, I don't even know if she knows where it came from. All she knows is there's a box. You open it. The thing you saw on TV that you love is, like, in your room. In three dimensions, you could touch it. So I think that's how love attraction, that's how creation is supposed to happen, right? She doesn't know about money, so she doesn't think, oh, I want a bluey doll, but I don't have any money. She doesn't think that way. She's, oh, bluey doll is great. Oh, I'm going to pretend this doll is bluey. So to her, the existing teddy bear was bluey. There's no difference. She did not feel a lack. So she's a happy baby. Happiness is a high uh, vibration. And then you get things. The universe finds ways to give you what you want in the easiest method possible, least resistance. And in that case, she got a doll. She wasn't hoping for it. She wasn't like making vision boards. She wasn't, I mean, she was pretending, which is great. You pretend one thing is another thing. So she was using her imagination, just like the show. The, uh, the healer dogs are using imagination in every episode. They're kids too. They can't go anywhere. They have no car. They have no, right? They're tiny kids, uh, dogs. So they're playing around the yard, but they're pretending that it's like, you know, they're hairdressers or they're in the army or they're playing mom and dad. Some people, sometimes they're playing kitchen. Sometimes they're playing like uh, restaurant. They're just emulating what they see and they're pretending, oh, I'm the mom and you're the dad. And let's, this little thing is my, Baby, and let's, be, let's play parents. Imagination. So just like that, she pretended the teddy bear was bluey. Lo and behold, at some point in time, she got the bluey doll. I mean, that's a lot of attraction. So I thought, okay, well, you know, I always tell you about the blue pen. If I want a blue pen, which I did at one point in time and still do, I have them. I would go on Amazon and buy it. There might be people who don't know how to get blue pens or they don't even know how to use Amazon. A lot of people don't have access to Amazon. Most people probably don't in the world. Maybe they do now because Amazon's everywhere. But uh, you know, you need to have a phone or internet connection and it's internet shopping. I mean, you have to have trust. And I remember when uh, Amazon first came on board in the 90s, you know, people were afraid to use credit cards online. Because what if somebody steals it? So I remember that thought. Now nobody thinks twice. So that was an instant manifestation that she had. So she just thought about what she wanted. Pretended she had it. Was happy because she has it. And then she had it. So then I thought, well, what can I pretend? Like that Neville. There's one Neville Goddard talk that I listened to. And he talks about how. And I bring this up. It's one of my favorite stories. One woman wanted to be married, one of his friends or students. So he said, well, pretend you have a ring, wedding ring on your hand, and then like, just touch it. Like, as if you had a real wedding ring and then like twirl it around. Or you hear stories about in feng shui or in love attraction where people will pretend their maid is there. So they would have a closet space. Uh, in feng shui, they say like, you know, your bed should have like two... Uh, nightstands as if it has a couple and put uh, pictures and paintings of uh, happy couples in your house the secret that kind of stuff right that's popular in western feng shui as well visualization and uh, I remember I think it, uh, it was Jack Canfield one of the interviews he said that he was and he was in the secret I believe right he was right and then um, Marie Diamond the feng shui teacher that was also in uh, The Secret. Marie Diamond told um, Jack Kenfield, like he went to travel the world. He was like a self-help motivational speaker slash chicken soup for the soul writer, that kind of person. Like a hay house person, you know, spiritual person. So he went to travel the world. So he, uh, they said, get a globe, put it in your house, living room or office, twirl it and then pretend that you're on going to different places and that was a feng shui tip that she gave her, uh, him 
So he would sit in the living room and twirl the globe, pretend in his office. And then he said, well, his wife, then he became so busy, he was traveling all, all over the world, doing presentations, workshops, and speaking engagements, and whatever else you know a person does. So much that he was never home. So his wife was like, well, stop twirling that thing. <laughs> we need to have a rest. Uh, that was a story I heard in one of the interviews somewhere. It might be on YouTube. So that's the visualization trick. You pretend as if it already happened, and then you feel good about it. So I learned, or relearned, or you could say experienced. I experienced law of attraction in action for somebody else. And I know what it felt like to be a person who played a part in it. To feel inspired. And we've all done that. Right? We all do that. But we don't think of it that way. The person gets something without... Right? You may be calling somebody, offering them a job or whatever you do. But the, the person, that just manifested. They don't know what happens behind the scenes. They don't need to know. As long as they pretend, it has to be true at some point. When? Uh, I have no idea. As soon as you believe, I guess, right? So the only job I tell myself every day, you know, Abrahaming it. There's many kinds of law of attraction, right? I've tried all of it, a lot of it. And I think the Abraham method is probably my favorite and the best. Which is just to chill out. Instead of focus, 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 make it, make it manifest. Get that person to call me at 7.39 in the morning on a Sunday, like, you know, so specific. Or make $100,000 in three days. Be a millionaire by this month. Have uh, a mate in my house, uh, you know, like, like tomorrow. Instead of that, you just pretend as if it already happened and you feel happy. The purpose is to feel happy. If you're happy, you're happy. So you can pretend you have the thing that you want to feel happy. For example, as I understand it with Abraham Hicks, my niece, the baby, she could, she probably did not, you know, she was just being happy. She wasn't looking at the doll, trying to make it into a real doll. I don't think. I don't know how two years two-year-olds think, but I, I doubt she was trying to make it happen, but it probably just made her happy to think that this is Bluey. So you can visualize having cats and that you're petting them. I've had cats in my life and I've had dogs. I love animals and pets. They're the best, especially cats and dogs. Though I saw, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I follow him on Facebook and I saw that he has a donkey, Lulu, and he has dogs. So now I might want a donkey, like a pet donkey that comes inside the house. A lot of his videos have Lulu and uh, his other pets in there. And I just makes the video really entertaining. And it's a domesticated, friendly uh, being, creature. So he opens the door and Lulu will run in and, you know, he's making a video about climate change or whatever, and uh, she, the animals are there. So I thought, you know what? There might be a donkey in my vortex. <laughs> we'll see. It's got to be in, when I live in a warm climate. And if donkeys are that fun, I can have donkeys, horses, ducks. Just like Stardew, the video game. Dogs and cats. So animals are uh, great. Where were we going with that? Animals are great. They're in the allowing mode. So I now have uh, animals in my vortex. But if you think about it, you know, somebody in Australia, so the show is made for, the Bluey show is made for the Australian public television, and now it's available in America. So somebody had a dog, and then, this is what I'm assuming, uh, just by the show, you could tell it's a passion project just like Spongebob was a passion project for the creator of Spongebob. I'm really big into uh, watching and listening to the behind-the-scenes uh, audio of like, the directors and creators of products, uh, content, you know, movies and shows. So I had listened to a lot of interviews by uh, Steven Hillenburg, who made Spongebob. So he was like a 
bi- biologist or something, and he had kids, and he wanted to create. He liked animation and combined the worlds. And then the show is meant to teach kids and adults about how to behave. Uh, SpongeBob is a happy one, and everything goes his way, even though, like, he doesn't really try. Squidward is super negative, and everything goes wrong, no matter how hard he tries. Squidward is trying really hard, and uh, SpongeBob doesn't care, just has fun, and everything works out for him. He's also positive, and he does what he loves, which was to work in the hamburger stand, making hamburgers. While Squidward is a cashier, but he doesn't want to be a cashier. He wants to be like a trumpet player. (laughs) So just like that, you know, in this generation, somebody in Australia... Probably had uh, blue healer dogs. Probably had kids. Maybe love storytelling and uh, you know the arts, and thought, well, let me make a show combining everything that I love. So when I watch that show, I can feel the high vibration because it's not made by like a. It's not cookie cutter. It's very unique, and you can tell there's a lot of passion and high vibration. I wonder if Abraham Hicks people made it. I remind myself that like. There are a lot of people who listen to Abraham Hicks and Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer and, you know, Deepak Chopra and Oprah and those kind of people. There's spiritual people everywhere. So this feels like a spiritual person made that show. So that show allowed me, it brings me joy to watch it. It's fun. There are lessons in there that I'm learning as an adult. You know, we all have our inner child within us. So when I see the show, I also learn. Because there's a part of me that's a kid, and there's a part of me that loves, like, and well, I still love animation. But like when I was a kid, I loved animation. So as an adult, I like animation, and it's very positive. Every word is perfectly picked, and you can tell Disney style, and especially that show for kid toddlers. Very sweet and uh, ideal scenarios and. You know, we become what we look at, we become what we think. So it's a nice way to program positively for young kids by having shows like that, that show the positivity. And then the kids will emulate that as they grow up. And I'm still a kid, so I'm going to emulate that and be more kind and use my imagination more. So I'm experimenting with a few imagination uh, techniques. I will let you know when it pops. I learned it from my niece and Bluey and I... Bingo and all those dogs, cartoon dogs, on how to imagine. Just pretend. Now, if there were adults in real life pretending like the kids did and they were doing it in the street, people would think they're nuts. But that's society, right? You're supposed to use your imagination. And kids did that. Happy kids do that. Pretending. Just to be happy. They're pretending that they're on an island vacation, one of the episodes, and they were just a home in their backyard. They were just hanging out in the backyard. The kids were like, let's pretend we're on the, you know, the island. And they had to swim across the grass and all these things. So that was using imagination to feel happy. That is just like the virtual reality process by Abraham Hicks, where you, let's say you're driving uh, down, uh, driving long distance and you, know, you get bored. You can just picture, imagine that you're on the beach. That's all the virtual reality process until you feel happy. Or you can pretend that you won the Super Bowl. Or you can pretend that you're eating chocolate cake. Or you can pretend you're eating a burrito. Things that I love. Uh, You don't have to think about uh, sitting in the car and driving and the traffic. You could think about happy things. And once your vibration is raised or remains high, then everything works out for you because you're connected to source. You're connected to your inner being, intuition, hunches, and uh, things should work out for you. That's the kind of law of attraction that I like. And I've tried the other ones. That you know, I've been trying this for like 20 years, maybe longer. Started with Thinking Grow Rich back in like 2005 or something, you know. Um, but it's all about, uh, it's not about making something happen. It's just to be happy in this moment. That was a big switch that I learned Maybe last year, maybe this year, maybe two years ago. 
that law of attraction is not about, I'm going to get the first parking spot when I get to the Thai restaurant. And, you know, you can, well, you could think that if it makes you happy. But if it doesn't happen, you're not supposed to be like, oh, you know, maybe I did it wrong. Or you're not supposed to be like, well, I'm going to drive from here to Pittsburgh, Chicago to Pittsburgh. And I'm going to get all green lights and all highway, like, you know, and if it doesn't happen, you get like really upset. Why did that happen? That's 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 not the law of attraction that I practice now. That was I don't even think that exists. I don't know if there's a being that like is that powerful. Maybe there are. I don't want to limit it, but like every you know, that'd be kind of odd. <laughs> In this reality, you gotta have the red lights. You gotta have the yellow lights. You gotta go slow sometimes. You gotta speed up sometimes. But now the belief is that everything that happens is for my good. And then proving it and reminding myself that, like, it's not about getting the front parking. It's not about getting free steak. It's not about uh, waking up tomorrow with six-pack abs. But one of these mornings, I'm going to have six-pack abs. And I'm fine with it. I'm learning it. I'm, I'm maturing as an adult. I'm fine with that. And I, you know, the analogy that Abraham Hicks uses is the pregnancy analogy, which really made sense for me. If a woman is pregnant, it takes like nine months. You still don't have the baby yet. But usually, once they get pregnant, they get really happy, and and then there, you know, there's a process of nine months. But uh, it's, we know that it takes nine months. I don't plant seeds in the grass, in the ground. Uh, pumpkin seeds and eggplant seeds and expected to have eggplant tomorrow. That might be like uber-level manifestation. <laughs> but I, I don't think that happens in the physical reality. I think it's more, be happy right now. Enjoy your day. Enjoy the moment. Stay in the present moment. Managing my mood day by day. Every day is like a game. There's a score at the end. This is my analogy. So there's morning, there's four quarters. I pretend it's like a basketball or a football game, right? You divide the waking hours by four. Or I can just do 24 divided by four as well, if I count sleeping in there. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. The goal is to get in the vortex as soon as possible. Nowadays, I get in the vortex within 10 minutes of waking up. I want it to be like 30 seconds, so I'm working on that. You know, to get in the vortex means to be feel happy. The one through four on emotional guidance scale by Abraham Hicks. I like to explain the basics because a lot of the terminology, unless you follow it along for a long time and really study it, it doesn't make sense to the new ear. The vortex is just a, a vibrational heaven. Vibrational escrow. Escrow is where you put money up, right? If you buy a house or something, you have an escrow account. Uh, you had to put money somewhere just to show that you have it. Or if you're buying a business or escrow. It's like a, a third party that holds the money. If you have like a lawsuit or something, they might have an escrow account, right? Because they want people to pay up. So a third party holds the money and then they give it to somebody. That's the escrow account. So... It's yours, but you're just, uh, you know, it's meant for you. So you have your own account, escrow account, held by your inner being, spirit, source, whatever you want to call it, God, angels, ascended masters, archangels, whatever the terminology, I go straight to source, spirit. It's an escrow account, means it's a vibrational, it re exists. In the non-physical reality, which is like afterlife, but it's still going on right now. So there's no afterlife. It's just continuous, but it looks like afterlife. Non-physical life and physical life happen at the same time. This is my understanding. So we're alive and we're alive as a physical body, but we're also alive as a spirit at the same time. So when we meditate, we get to that vibration and we remember or if we study spiritual teachers and teachings, we kind of remember. It's a remembering because it feels familiar. 
If you have psychedelic experiences, you may remember. It feels like a going back to a place that you uh, remember that you came from. Some people have near-death experiences. Uh, Anita Murjani and uh, there's that one neuroscientist, Susan Bolt. Something like that. I'm sorry, but she was on the Oprah show as well. Interview. She uh, she had like a stroke or something, right? And then she went to the afterlife. And then she remembered. Same thing with Anita Murjani. I believe I didn't read the book, but I've heard her interviews. She, um, I think she had cancer and she almost died. Maybe had or died near death, and then she went back to source and realized it's all about love. Loving yourself, loving others. Love is the answer. So then she chose to come back to life because she had a family here. Uh, husband and kids. So she thought, you know what? I'm going to go back. And But she's still remembering what she learned. She's like, oh, yeah, or uh, remembering what she remembered. Love is the answer. Feelings don't be too uptight and chill out and relax. And life is eternal and it goes on forever. There's no beginning or end, it looks like. I think it's just continuous. Everybody will find out when they pass away. Until then, we're just uh, accepting beliefs from other people, but it also feels right. And everybody has had, most people have had, like, experiences that makes them spiritual. Maybe a transcending meditation, maybe a trip to, you know, some uh, temples or something, or uh, Egypt or something. That one famous intuitive psychic person uh, you know, she walked, sheesh, uh, I'm not remembering the names right now, but like, yeah, she, um, it's on YouTube. Uh, she, she actually got divorced, which surprised me. And that, but she tells a story in one of the interviews, uh, by Lalu Mace, her channel. And then, but she walked like seven miles or something or 70 miles in somewhere in Europe. It's, I think it's like a spiritual walk. So she talks about that. So there's those kind of, and then uh, Wayne Dyer, in one of his interviews, he said he had um, really like a spiritual experience in one of the uh, one of the churches in Europe. He was teaching to some people, and then something happened to him, and he, uh, you know, became you know, felt the spirit, and everybody there saw it, and he remembered his past lives and those kind of stories. So there's all these stories. Paramahansa Yogananda has a story. Yogis have their stories. Teachers have their story. And then you have your own story. I have my own story where, you know, we remember. It's remembering, like Eckhart Tolle says in one of the books. Spiritual teachings feel like a remembering. That's why it sticks. Because it doesn't make, like, logical sense or scientific sense. But you're like, hmm, I kind of remember this. I kind of remember this. And if you're open-minded and trying different things, you go, oh, it sounds like, oh, yeah. Right. Spirit. Of course. Okay. And then some people uh, get the proverbial frying pan to the head, like Oprah says. You know, life whispers. It's one of the, my favorite talk uh, clips by Oprah, where she says, life whispers to you all the time. Some people listen, and sometimes that becomes like a smack in the head, and eventually it's like a frying pan to the back of the head to wake up. But, you know, there's waking up moments for people. So for me, that was um, meditation, psychedelics back in the day. Meditation, psychedelic float tank a little bit. Uh, waking up from dreams, sometimes having precognition. And then it happens exactly like you dreamed it. And then experimenting with thought. You know, you hear these stories. Oh, let me try these processes. Do I really create my reality? Let me try. A lot of experimenting. And then you go, oh, yeah. And it's just a much better way to live. It's much freeing. It's much easier. It's much more enjoyable. It's more flow state. It's more uh, fun. You're much happier. You're doing what you love. You're following your bliss. So that's uh, that was what I was thinking today. 40. We're hitting 40 minutes. All one take. How great is this podcast? This is our podcast. All one take. 
one take Johnson. So what did we learn from this? So basically, this is what I'm learning. I had to, I thought about it. How are things created? Well, Abraham says it's created by it automatically. You don't have to create it again today. Whatever that is that you want, you don't. You're not recreating. You're not like I'm a multimillionaire. You're not creating it now. Your finances and relationships and uh, you know career and climate, everything, just by having lived thus this far. The preferences has been noted by you, your spiritual self. You you have preferences. Some things feel good. Some things feel bad. So as I understand it, in those moments. Those moments are the moments that we created our finances and the mate. And we're continuously creating new. We have new preferences as we go along. So whatever we want, it's already created. Don't have to recreate it. Ask and it is given. We already asked just by living all the time. 24 hours a day we're asking. Not with our mouth, but like just by life. And each being has their own asking. Some things are good for you. Some things are the same thing might, might not be good for somebody else. Individual preferences as a being. Created. Done. It's in your heaven. Or it's in your vibrational escrow. Or it's in your vibrational bank account. Whatever analogy you want to call it, it's like yours. It's not going anywhere. Now, according to Abraham, you will get all that when you die anyways. Because you return back to love energy, according to Abraham Hicks and many of the teachers. So you'll you'll feel it. We don't want the thing, we want the feeling. So it's a feeling. You'll feel great. I believe that. Return back to source. Return to love. That book by um, Marianne Williamson. Return to love. So I think when you die, you return to love. Fine. Now, if you want to have an enjoyable physical life, there are rules to the game. There are rules to how physical reality works, just like any video game. And one of them seems to be law of vibration. It's just like you have to be happy by any method possible. If you're two healer dogs, cartoons, you pretend you're uh, you're like multimillionaire uh, hairdressers. They didn't think multimillionaire, but you could, you could pretend you're you know you could pretend anything. And feel it to be true. And then feel the feeling as if it already happened. Not to make it happen, but just to feel happy. And then day by day, moment by moment, you'll get inspired ideas. You will get hunches. You will find the right products that solve your needs. You will run into the right people who have the exact solution to your asking. You will get... Uh, yeah, premonitions, dreams, or just a knowing. Oh yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's the manifestation. And then you go step by step. So, you know, it, it's we don't expect a car to just show up in our living room. No, you know, nobody wants that anyways, but that's not how creation works. Uh, it's more like, well, you'll get the resources and then you'll find the right seller and then you'll get a nice deal. Then you have the car. And then you'll think, oh, I have a car. It's boring. I already have it. <laughs> a couple of years later, you'll go, okay, I want a different model. This model is like whatever years old. Five years old, 10 years old, seven years old, 20 years old. Okay. And uh, you'll, be, you'll have the resources and you go buy a different car. I think the same thing happens with homes, climate, where you live, friends, books. You know, when you're ready for seventh grade, you go to seventh grade. Jobs, maybe mates, that could happen. We don't know. And that's okay. There, there's If one goes away, there's another one, if you want. Or maybe you're just happy. Uh, it doesn't matter. Like, like Louise Hay, I don't think she had a partner later, right? Maybe she did. I never saw it, but I know Esther Hicks, as far as I know, she's happy and her partner, Jerry Hicks, passed away uh, many years ago. I was going to say a few years ago, but I think it was in 2010, 2012, something like that. 
But she says, you know, she feels closer to him than ever before because now he's in the spiritual world and he's 100% focused on her and she can feel the love energy. You know, in physical life, you may be somewhere else. Uh, like she said, you know, sometimes Jerry's in the front of the bus and she's in the back. and But now she can feel his energy when she's happy. So she has to make herself happy, meaning raise her vibration, meaning lift her spirits, meaning get in the vortex, meaning meditate, appreciate, make a list of things I love, gratitude lists, imagine happy memories, move the body a little bit, drink some caffeine, right? Get some fresh air, make a podcast, write a book, write a blog post, paint the painting, whatever the thing you like, go fishing, whatever the thing your thing is, milk the cows, <laughs> knit the knit the quilt, tend to your garden, and you it becomes a game in your mind and in your body. And as long as you're feeling good, you're the high vibration, and then everything that you want comes to you one by one because you're matching the feeling of what you want. What you want is to feel good. So if you feel good, you'll get the things that you associate with feeling good. Baby gets a bluey doll, doesn't even know it exists. Blew her mind. She does not know that it existed until that moment. There's no way. I don't think a two-year-old knows in the pandemic era. There's no way. <laughs> and uh, you know she'll grow up, and it looks like she knows uh, at, at this stage uh, how to create. And if she should happen to forget, I will let remind her later in life. I don't think she'll have any problems. Happy babies, and you know they have a happy uh, family there, and they're doing all the right things. So I, it looks like a, a happy creator. Of course, you'll have up to ups and downs. You have to have ups and downs because the downs will be uh, how you create the ups. Contrast, like Abraham says, something that you don't like is how you create something that you want. So in that way, like you know, everybody who goes through any kind of hardship, which is everybody. They're creating, the, let's, but we're not supposed to stay feeling like that. We have to figure out a way to feel happy again, and then we get the solution. We're going to miss the shot, but we have to pretend that the next one will go in, as in a basketball analogy. You're not going to hit 100% your whole career. I don't think it's ever happened and never will happen. Most basketball players, what do they shoot? 70%, 60% from a... Uh, whatever the ratio is inside the uh, three-point line. And nowadays, people are hitting from the outside three-point line. Same thing with baseball. The old saying that I picked up from Warren Buffett and those kind of people, I think if you bat like 300, you become a Hall of Famer or a multimillionaire. That's like, I'm not a sports person, but I think that's like, a, that might be true, or 350 or something. You're like a genius. 350 means like 35% of the balls that are thrown at you. Let's call it like 33, one out of three. If you can hit one out of three, is that 33? Yeah. If you hit one out of three, you're like a, you're like a legend. <laughs> that's what I heard in like self-help classes. And uh, I think that's true, actually. I have to look it up. You know, I think a lot of the players hit like 20%. 29, 28, 25. And uh, if you hit above 300, you're a, you're a freaking genius. So Warren, people like Warren Buffett use that as an analogy for investing. When they buy companies and stocks, they know that like most of them should not be bought, most of the companies, or they're not good, right? But as long as your average is a certain average, you're fine. And like Warren Buffett says, uh, you don't have to swing at every pitch in investing. In baseball, you get three strikes. Three, uh, yeah, three strikes, right? But there are no strikes in life, so you can continue to do your thing. In investing, especially, you don't have to buy every company that you see. You can buy nothing this year. So he waits for the perfect pitch. He knows what he likes, and then he waits for it. Until then, he maintains his vibration 
as far as I know, and from his interviews, all he does is read all day, sitting on his butt. That's a quote from Charlie Munger. And the rest of the time, he just like reads, he just plays bridge. He thinks about where to put money from Berkshire, capital allocation. He thinks about how to keep his managers happy. They got managers for every company, you know, the 70 plus companies that he owns, his company owns. That's most of it. And he's reading stuff, books, and annual reports from all the companies. So he's sitting on his butt reading, eating McDonald's, drinking regular cherry Cokes, eating peanut brittle. I'm a huge Warren Buffett fanatic and Charlie Munger. Uh, And then the rest of the time he's playing bridge. He used to play with friends, you know, when they're together, but now, you know, for a long time he's been playing uh, bridge on the computer. Ever since Bill Gates back in the 90s convinced him to buy a computer, they're friends. Buy a computer, I don't need it. Buy it, I don't need it. Buy it, you can play bridge online. Oh, I can play bridge from home? Okay, I'll buy the computer. That's Warren Buffett. One of the uh, one of my favorite heroes. The least effort. <laughs> the path of least effort. He's doing vibrational work, which is the big, big thing. So uh, once uh, I understood that, I'm understanding that. It's all about the least effort. I can do as much effort as I want. You can do as much effort as you want. But it's more about feeling happy and at ease. Because dis-ease, like Louise Hay says, that's what causes... Uh, Breakdown in the body, disease. So high vibration by default should be at ease and and good health and vibrancy. Every vibration has uh, like physical manifestations and diseases. That's why. That's why uh, you know. There's a talk by Abraham. You probably have seen it on their channel where Esther has a sore throat. It's a short clip, and she has she's on stage, and you can hear her sore throat, and she has some kind of a cough drop in her mouth. And then Jerry interrupts Abraham and says, how come Esther has a sore throat? Isn't she like a law of attraction teacher and a student? <laughs> she's a deliberate creator. How can a deliberate creator who, who uh, I guess, channels... They don't like that word, but like who's who kind of speaks as Abraham, how can they have a sore throat? And Esther says, well, even Esther is not immune from vibration. At that time, I believe it was during the secret book launch era. Esther and Abraham and Jerry were in the original secret. And they got taken out of it, edited out, uh, due to like copyright issues and whatever, right? It's on the it's on their talks. So in the future editions, Abraham Hicks is not in the secret, but in the original one, they were. And in the original one, Esther says that uh, Rhonda and the team came to Abraham workshops and videotaped. And so along with all the other teachers, Abraham Hicks was supposed to be one of them, but they got taken out. But people find Abraham anyways, and that's when Abraham kind of blew up, I believe. So Esther had a lot of interviews and interview requests and do a workshop here and being really busy. And then she tried to do all of it, and she got really tired, but she pushed through. So her vibration was probably like uh, frustration or something or, you know, tiredness, fatigue doing too much, thinking she had to do every interview and talk to everybody and teach everyone in the world law of attraction, which is not really possible, nor necessary. Everyone has their own uh, inner being, and uh, there's many teachers out there who teach pretty much the same thing. But during that time, her vibration was so low that it manifested as a sore throat. She got sick, but she still had to do a workshop, so she showed up and she has a cough drop. And that was the answer that Abraham gave where, you know, no human or no being is immune from vibration. Even Esther, if she gets angry and stays angry today, doesn't do anything about it, stays angry tomorrow, and then more upset 
and more upset and doesn't do anything about it for like 30 days or one week, yeah, she's going to attract way different life. The key is to catch the vibration early, which means catch the emotion early when it dips and then raise it back up through resting, playing, meditation, taking a bath, massage, listening to happy music, watching happy shows, talking to uplifting people, listening to this podcast, of course, uh, and uh, going out in nature, taking a nap, whatever your thing is that you talking to a friend, talking to a counselor, talking to babies, buying people gifts, whatever it is your things are, exercising, and then your vibration will lift, which means you'll feel better. You can do reframing, focus wheels, and EFT, and whatever, hypnosis, visualization, healing meditations, (laughs) energy healing, there's infinite tools. I think a good healer, their, their job is to make you feel better. And because that's the best thing they could do, if you feel better, you'll attract a different reality in the future, starting at that moment. So if I can believe when I go to a person who's a healer, if they make me believe that like something happened, then it works. That's the famous saying in that famous book, according to your faith, let it be done unto you, something like that, right? According to my belief, things happen, so... It's all about feeling happier and being in the vortex. My stomach is growling. I think it's time for a meal. We'll go an hour. It's 57 almost. We're going to go an hour. So what do we do? That was a question I had. You have to figure out a way to feel good as soon as you wake up. So when I wake up, um, the Abraham method in one of the books, and they talk about it. Before I go to sleep today, before I go to sleep, my last thoughts are about the best things that happened today or Anytime, appreciation, thankfulness, gratitude list in my mind. I could thank my pillow, I could thank my bed, or you know, I could thank my house or my organs. A lot of times, when I'm before sleeping, I'll thank my organs because you're in that drowsy state. Thank you, heart, for beating, and what a good heart you are. Thank you, liver. Ah, you're so good. Gallbladder, I did not forget about you. You're the greatest. Stomach, come on, the best ever. Intestines, did not forget about you either. You guys are the greatest. That's happening in my mind <laughs> before I go to sleep, you know, self-talk. Ideally, I'll do that and then I'll feel good and go to sleep feeling good. If I go to sleep feeling good today, that means I'll wake up tomorrow feeling good. Because during sleep, it's a pause button in our reality because we're not, our consciousness is not creating in that time because we're asleep, we're unconscious. It's a rest period. Lucky for us, everybody gets a reset button at night. Wake up. I remember to think the best thought I can in that moment. What am I thankful for? What can I look forward to? What, uh, what do I love? I know. Uh, what's the best thing ever? Nowadays, it's Bluey and the baby, the baby loving the Bluey. I'll replay that video in my mind because I've seen it like 50 times. And the shows, I, and whatever it is that I can make myself. And then I'll build that momentum one thought at a time as soon as I wake up. Ideal scenario. That's the ideal scenario. Wake up, think the best thought possible. It sounds like a lot. It's not. But it is a lot. But you get the results. You're happy. It's kind of a happiness work. First thought is the best thought ever that I can do. And then, you know, do your things. I'll meditate. Sometimes it's TM. Sometimes it's the guided meditation. Mindfulness by John Kabat-Zinn on YouTube. Today I brought back the Abraham Hicks Vortex Meditation. I did that today. That felt good. Your meditation of choice. I think Astra just listened to the, the AC or the fan or room sounds. That's kind of like a mindfulness meditation. You can pay attention to your breath, your feet. You can do a body scan. You can listen to a fan. Some people were... There's apps, uh, there's uh, videos of like AC units on YouTube now. Some people use that. There's like sounds, fan sounds and uh, whatever your things are. I'll do a 20 minute. Today I did a 46 minute, 47 minute in the morning. That was the guide. guide. I needed it. Guide. Uh, so I had. I did that. The long one felt great. And then I uh, think the best thoughts possible on paper and on the computer. Note files. What am I thankful for? Uh, 
What do I appreciate? Uh, what's the good things happening in my life? Uh, what can I look forward to? What are the good memories? So first couple hours of my day when I wake up include those kind of processes where I will think the best thoughts possible uh, in my mind and written down. And hopefully if I speak it, that's even better. Usually it's written down and uh, on my yellow notepads with my, I use my black pen now too, along with my blue pen. And um, notepad on my phone, notepad on my uh, laptop, Google Docs, notes, think uh, things I love, think th build a momentum as early as I can. And then you feel that you know zone, you feel that vibration, you feel the vortex, you feel happy. Eventually, it may take a couple days or up to two weeks or 30 days or Abraham has the process called a 30-day process. Depending on where you're starting and how many negative thoughts you've thought about how many t uh, subjects in your life, right? Depending on where you're starting, you may have to do a little bit more days to build the momentum. I've been doing it for um, infinite time, more than 30 days. So, and then you get the habit going and then, uh, yeah, you, then you, the rest of the day is yours. You got to do what you got to do. You can reframe thoughts. You can do focus wheels. And when you're feeling in the vortex, when you're feeling good, you can go about your day or you can work on topics that bothered you from yesterday that hopefully you remember or maybe you wrote down. Maybe about your coworker or a mate or money or job or you know health or if you want. Because right now you're feeling good, you're connected to source, so you can think differently about that subject. You can do EFT, you could do visualization, you could do uh, focus wheels, you could do reframing uh, therapy kind of stuff so that you feel differently about that topic. And if you want, you could do a few of those, depending on your time, because you feel good, right? You're in the vortex, you take advantage. You have a, you have a higher perspective, you have a source perspective, so I do that. And that's kind of my day. I, I manage my emotions much better now. I can feel it. And like Abraham says, now it's imprinted in my mind. It's tattooed in my mind. Nothing is more important than that you feel good. So I'll make that a priority and then do what you got to do. That's my version of, uh, as a student of the game, of student of Abraham Hicks and the other teachers. That's what I do. There's probably many ways to do things, but I just do all these things to feel good. I, I'll do an exercise at some point. Yesterday was yoga. The day before that was Spring Forest Qigong. Yesterday was that DDP yoga that I do. The energy routine, which I have memorized. And I listened to some music and I did that. Moved the body, felt fantastic. The day before that, I did the Spring Forest Qigong five element practice, which I had memorized. I used to do that long, you know, for many years. So I did that. That's like a 30 minute session. I did that with the one, one, one or two episodes of The Mandalorian on my phone, one of my favorite shows now. It's all about the content pairing, so I make it fun. I'll pair something really fun with my exercise, so exercise is fun. So when I do uh, Qigong, I'll watch something. Still paying attention to the body, but I'm not a, a monk yet where you know you just sit there and just observe, but I'll have some kind of content as an anchoring piece. Yoga, it's usually The Last Dance or MJ Hall of Fame videos, or yesterday was music. If I do the cardio on the treadmill, it will be uh, fast hip-hop songs or rock songs. And if I do the stairs, it's usually the stairs in the house. I'll go up and down while measuring my heart rate. So that's some kind of uh, high-energy song. So that's how I move my body. I got my exercise routine. So I, I do a certain uh, minutes and per week and per day and that kind of stuff. So I go by the standard uh, World Health Organization plans of 150 minutes of moderate-intensity cardio or 75 minutes of high-intensity cardio per week plus two strength training sessions a week. So I do that, and I feel good. I don't know if you have to do that, but to me, like, it feels like I did exercise, and it feels good, and it feels very zone, and it feels very vortexy, and I feel good about my body, and makes me feel like looser and better and more flexible. My cardio is better, so that seems to apply for me. Yours may be more or yours may be less. Maybe all you have to do is walk and you feel great. That's fine.
moving the body is key. One of the keys. And then hydration, drink a lot of water. I do that. I just go by the half body weight in ounces rule, sometimes more. It's a lot of water for me. And then think positive thoughts, take positive actions, and then also be mindful, which means no thinking, which means meditation. There are three categories in my life, so that's my momentum. And then I make podcasts because I like talking about this stuff with you. I'll write on my blog, which I love. So I'll write about Abraham or Michael Jordan or something that I love. So it keeps me in the vortex or something that I'm proud of or list of appreciation. So these are kind of my tools that I use. I have a counselor that I talk to once a week, very positive, just to keep me, just to have like guidance, just to have like a, like a, what do you call it? Impartial judge kind of thing, you know? So just to know like, okay, I'm on the right track, right? Like, And in the end, I could do whatever I want, but I just like somebody who's a pro in mind health and sees a lot of people and knows about cognitive behavior therapy and positivity. And so that's my uh, guidance mentorship. I use Better Health. That was a new thing that I started last month. Really cool. I still use Brightside, like I told you. I take my supplements and medicine, everything, right? And when I take it, I believe that it's beneficial for me. So everything that I take, I believe that it's really great for me and it's a really good addition. Instead of some people feel bad when they take medicine, I take everything with, oh, it's a supplement. Okay, and I believe it. So then I don't even, you know, I'm mature enough to know about side effects and all those things, but I don't believe in it. But if there's something does manifest, I'll tell the doctors. But I go into it expecting it to work rather than with fear or doubt. So if I'm in the vortex and something feels right, you know, and I'll believe, oh, this is good for me. Same thing with exercise. This is good for me. Podcasting, this is good for me. So that is my version of law of attraction as I practice it as a student and I'm improving. Hopefully that gave you some ideas. My stomach really wants food contents. We're at 107 minutes and this is one of the best episodes yet, right? You got to admit, a great one. I will edit this up and uh, happy Friday to you. Keep up the great work. I'm doing my work here. I expect uh, the next 100 years to be even better, of course, for my physical body and my physical life and yours too. You can live as long as you want. I'm going to live to 140, unless I change my mind later. But right now, I'm going to live to 140. So we're all eternal beings, so you get to choose. And I'm just getting started, so I feel really fantastic, and I'm getting the hang of it, how to surf, how to surf the life of uh, the game of life. And I love talking about it with you, and uh, I hope you have a really good week and weekend. We will chat with uh, we will chat together next week. Law of Attraction twenty four seven, aka Positive Psychology, aka Happiness Project, aka Project Joy, aka Just Be Happy, aka Love What Is. Right, it's all the same thing. Take it easy. This is Deepak. I will chat with you next week. Have a great one. Bye.